Welcome to the Raw Hunters Podcast, episode 18. Of course, I am your host, Josh Lewis, the founder, editor, and everything amazing from rawhunters.com. Uh, just right off the top, as always, you can subscribe to the Rodders Podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean. And, uh, of course, YouTube.com slash Raw Autos, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Raw Autos, and always RawAutos.com for anything written by me. Woo! Happy Memorial Day to everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Uh... I hope you're listening to this early in the morning, getting ready for your fantastic time with your family and friends, uh, of course, social distancing and wearing masks, and uh, hopefully you're keeping safe. Real quick, though, I do want to give a shout out to our service members, people that are formerly of the military, that are veterans uh, currently in the military. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you've done. And I, of course, I appreciate it, just like millions of other Americans appreciate it and understand what your what you sacrifice and what your family sacrifices uh, for the fact that you are uh, protecting not only us but other people around the world. So just know rawautos.com supports you, and I support you as well as the founder of rawautos.com, obviously. Uh, and of course, a big thank you to the people that are on the front lines of this coronavirus just the whole thing between medical workers, uh, EMS, EMTs, fire, whatever people that are right there trying to help, uh, get people to hospitals, get people uh, safe travel to and from hospitals. Uh, but also of course the doctors, the nurses, and not more importantly or less importantly, but also the people that are delivering food, the people that are, are, going out and delivering your groceries for Amazon Fresh, for uh, Grubhub, for uh, Uber Eats, for Instacart, for DoorDash, and for all the people that work in the restaurants and, and fast food places and grocery stores and people that, that also don't make a lot of money but have a lot of impact in a time like this. And I hope that, that, that something better happens for you uh, soon because I don't think you're respected enough for what you do and uh, for what you're doing, especially. And so uh, I, for one, believe that you should make some more money, especially more of a living wage, have better health care, easier health care to, to obtain. So, uh, but yeah, thank you to, to everybody that, that is working hard to keep everybody doing their best and living their best uh, during this time. And of course, as always, the service members on this Memorial Day, thank you so much. Thank you to those who have served and, of course, to those who have uh, died in service and, of course, those who are currently serving. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I today I bought a new grill. Not that any of you care, uh, but during the, uh, the the pandemic, the the shutdowns, I've become somewhat of a uh, kind of a, a grill master in my house. I've always been, well, I haven't always been good in the kitchen. I've been okay in the kitchen when I want to, when I'm patient, when I pay attention. And so uh, because of the uh, the shutdown, I finally used my grill more and more and more. And uh, I would use it every once in a while. I didn't use it a lot. You know, burgers, hot dogs, things like that. 
Uh, but when I cooked steaks and chicken, I did an okay job. It was fine. But I, I honestly enjoyed cooking those things more in uh, my kitchen, uh, weirdly enough. I enjoyed cooking them because I, I have a gas uh, stove. Uh, so I, I preferred that. And, uh, but now I've really gotten into, uh, to grilling, to getting out there and, and I love charcoal grills. So that's what I've had. I've had this little tiny char griller patio pro as they call it for about three years now. And it was a small little thing. I mean, it was, I think it was like, I think it's like 23 inches wide total, you know? Uh, but it, uh, the, the actual grilling area was probably maybe, I don't know, 18 inches, I guess, something like that. And you open up a door and there's just not a lot of room inside of it. So finally I decided today, you know what? I'm going to spend a little extra money. It was only $147, nothing crazy. Uh, but, uh, I went and got the char griller, uh, super pro, I think is what it is. Something like that. Uh, but it's, you know, it's 30 inches long by comparison. There's an optional smoker offset smoker that I will get, uh, at some point. Uh, but yeah, I used it tonight and I am absolutely stuffed, absolutely stuffed. And tonight, meaning I record, I'm recording this on the 24th, uh, Sunday. So the day before you're listening to this and I made some smoked brats for my wife and I, and, uh, uh, used it, used pretty much its full potential. I, I also had, you know, on the warming tray, I had my, uh, hot dog buns and then I, I grilled some, uh, uh, some broccoli for my wife and I. And we sat on our back deck and just enjoyed a beer and hanging out together. It was a nice, nice thing. $147 for a, uh, for a grill. It's nothing crazy, nothing special, but you know, it'll, it'll serve our needs just perfectly. My wife and I, we only have two dogs and two cats. So we have, we have full house, but it's with four legged animals. Uh, not, you know, no other little humans as of yet. We always joke and say that we have a five year plan before we have children. And then we say that in five years, once that plan is up, we'll have another five-year plan coming along to uh, decide whether we're whether or not we're going to have children. <laughs> um, but everybody around us having children, yikes! I mean, more power to anybody, of course, wanting to have children. I don't know. I just don't feel ready yet. I will at some point, I'm sure. Um, which brings me to the topic of uh, later in this episode. You will hear my review of the 2020 Ford Ranger Lariat FX4. Uh, great little truck, but everybody that saw the truck thought I was starting a family. They thought I was buying the truck. No, no, no thanks. I'm good. Uh, but, you know, with this pandemic going on, we have a few things that we should talk about. There no, There's no interview or anything today. Uh, uh, so we're just going to, I'm just going to talk about some car news, what's in the uh, what's going on around the world of cars and rental cars. And then, uh, and then of course I will, uh, review the 2024 Ranger, uh, for you guys. So last week, uh, you heard that I had had the Toyota RAV4 TRD the week before, and then I had the Mazda CX-30 coming out, or I had it at that time. And then coming up, uh, they dropped off on Thursday uh, just a few days ago, uh, Lexus dropped off a new Lexus LS 500 hybrid, $98,855. <laughs> uh, so I will have that review coming for you in the coming weeks. 
Uh, it is a very, very lovely car to drive. Very comfortable, uh, very easy to drive. But I will let you in on a little secret. V6 hybrid, not the greatest power plant for this car. Kind of makes it a little bit dull, but other than that, it is extremely comfortable and luxurious. And I do love the fact that in the back seat, you can move the front passenger seat forward or back, out whatever you want to do with it uh, from the back seat. That's something that uh, my mom has a 2019 750i M Sport, um, and her car was more. Yeah, it was more than the the Lexus that I have. Doesn't have that option. But there are some things that I feel like the Lexus is missing. Uh, One big thing, I feel like it has a a totally antiquated and terrible infotainment system. Whereas BMW's iDrive is far superior. But again, we'll finish that review farther on down the road. And uh, yeah. So moving on, we're going to talk about a few car things that are in the news right now that are pretty important. Uh, Harbor Freight, if you have Harbor Freight stuff, I have Harbor Freight stuff. I'm sure you do as well. Great stuff because the, you know the old joke is that if you need it once, go to Harbor Freight and get it. <laughs> you just you, It probably won't be able to be used after the first or second time you use it, but you know what? It'll at least do a decent enough job for the time you need it, right? And you're going to spend... You know, depending on what it is, you could spend a lot less, right? But Harbor Freight are announcing that they have uh, jack stands that are being recalled for a risk of collapsing. Uh, I was texting my brother about this the other day, and and he was saying, man, how much does it suck that the way that they probably found out was that some person was stuck under their car because of some Harbor Freight jack stands? Um, And I did see somebody on Twitter. I, Of course, I don't have it. Right here in front of me, I should have had it. I just thought about this, but somebody did say on Twitter that uh, they took their jack stands back to Harbor Freight, and Harbor Freight are issuing a full refund, uh, even if you bought it on sale. So you get the full list price, even if you bought it on sale. I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know if they're going to catch on to that. I have no idea, but it's at least nice that they are. They seem to be making things right. Um, but it was a recall file with NHTSA on March 20th, and the uh, Harbor Freight Tools explains a certain six-ton jack stands uh, have a potential to disengage their support pole under shifting weight, causing the stand to drop suddenly. Second recall filed May 3rd extends the recall to three-ton jack stands. Uh, the defect is attributed to aging tooling at the factory that produced the jack stands. Uh, the recall document says that the problem could affect more than 450,000 six-ton jack stands produced between 2013 and 2019 and nearly 1.3 million three-ton jack stands produced between 2012 and 2020. So these are pretty recent, you know, well, pretty old and pretty recent. So it spans a, you know, quite a, a number of years. Uh, jack stands were sold under Pittsburgh brand, under the Pittsburgh brand name. And they can be identified by item numbers 56371 or 61196 on three-ton models and 61197 on six-ton models. So that is a direct quote from Car and Driver. That was uh, two paragraphs that I read to you guys. So if you have some Harbor Freight jack stands, please, 
please take them in if they are part of those numbers, uh, those serial numbers, uh, and the Pittsburgh brand name Jack Stance. So be careful, be safe out there. Oh man, I would hate to see anybody get hurt or be affected by this because it's horrible, absolutely horrible. I can't imagine what that would feel like. Just the the horror to think that you are underneath of a car doing some simple work and bang, all of a sudden a jack stand lets go or both jack stands. I mean, if if you don't shit your pants at that moment, I don't know what's going to cause you to shit your pants on quite honestly. You got an iron will. But that would be scary as hell, wouldn't it? And it's funny because, I mean, it's not funny, but it's interesting because every time I get under the car to change oil or do some service or something like that, and I jack up the car, I always think, what if this What if this fails? But then again, I've learned over years that what are you supposed to do? Always have a fail safe. You know, so even if you've got the jack, you have some jack stands, you know, and, and there are times where uh, I've actually been under a car and I have uh, put tires underneath the car as well when I'm jacking it up. Uh, if I have, you know, some extra tires just sitting around. Um, so yeah, it, it's just something else. You know, if you have anything, you know, it, sometimes it's not the most perfect thing. And sometimes just shit happens. You think you have more stuff than you do and you go to get under a car and you realize, ah, I should have more stuff. And then you think, oh, well, I could wait. No, 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 no. I'm going to do it now. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Right. But whatever, I mean, whatever you can stuff under a car, just to kind of, just in case, if you're going to be under there, just in case. So, yeah, moving on to, to other things, though. Hertz, the rental car company, have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Chapter 11 means that they have filed for reorganization. Uh, so they are, of course, the second largest uh, rental car company in the United States. They're 102 years old and they have Hertz, Dollar, Thrifty, Firefly, Hertz Car Sales, and Donlin. I've never heard of Donlin. But how crazy is this? Because of COVID-19, they're filing for uh, bankruptcy re- reorganization. And it's it's kind of scary. It's freaky, right? It's a, it's a rental car company. Uh, but as of right now, there are a ton, a metric ton of Z06s and, and special Z, ZL1 Camaros uh, on CarGurus, AutoTrainer, uh, Cars.com, whatever, with their signature yellow and with black racing stripes. So, yeah, go buy one of those cars for quite cheap by comparison to some of the other cars on the market. Um, sadly, they will only have automatic gearboxes, which I think is a, an extreme bummer. But, you know, whatever. At least they're cool cars. But this will undoubtedly affect General Motors and FCA, Fiat Chrysler America, because this accounts for approximately 100,000 vehicles sold to Hertz by each automaker. It, it's, it's crazy, but over a period of about a year and a half. How crazy is that to think that one rental car company alone can take that much in sales away from a, you know, a car manufacturer? I mean, you think, of course, you know, you know that GM and Ford and Chrysler and BMW and Infiniti and Nissan and you know, all these companies, you, you know that they rent, you know, they sell cars to rental car companies. And I used to be a car salesman. And, and some of these companies, we used to buy some of their cars. 
and, and put them into our fleets for sale, right? But it's crazy to think that, you know, it, it, it's just crazy to think that, that one thing can lead to so much potential devastation. So you have COVID-19 that comes, it takes out a, a, a whole vast amount of companies. And then you have a company like Hertz, which is a very large, I mean, 102 years old, second largest rental car company in the country. Now, luckily, it will not affect their European, uh, any of their European Hertz rentals or, you know, companies at all, just the American and Canadian uh, uh, companies. But still, that that very much so sucks. I, I feel terrible for all the people that have lost their jobs uh, during this crisis. And especially, you know, with Memorial Day, you know, it's a holiday weekend and they have bad news on top of probably not being able to see anybody into their family and friends. And it's just depressing. It's very, very depressing. It's very sad. And Brad Kaslowski has won the Coca-Cola 600 in the year 2020. So, yeah, I didn't watch the race today. I actually kind of forgot about it. <laughs> I told you guys I was going to watch and I didn't. So, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't feel bad about it though. I mean more, you know, it's not that I don't like NASCAR. I just had other things to do today and yeah, that was it. Um, and for the first time ever for the first month ever in the month of April, 2020, Trucks outsold cars. And I'm very disappointed with that. I'm very sad to hear that. Now, this is on carandriver.com. And, of course, this is uh, information that is according to data from Motor Intelligence. And uh, I think that really sucks. I don't think we need as many trucks on the road as people think we do. Um, I've driven a lot of trucks over the years, a lot of trucks and SUVs. And I genuinely don't see 90 to 95% of them as being reasonable. And by reasonable, I mean, most people don't need to have a truck or an SUV. They just think they do. They're being told that they do. Oh, it's the new fad. It's the new thing. Ooh, I need a truck. Need something that holds a lot of stuff, hauls a lot of shit. Most people don't even carry that much shit. I mean, I, I carry plenty of stuff in my car. My trunk is big enough. My back seat's big enough. I carry plenty of stuff. Hell, I had a Porsche 911. I carried a ton of stuff in my car. It was actually quite ridiculous how much shit I could fit in that car. I had a four-door M3. I, I could fit a ton of stuff in that car. I've had three Mustangs. I could fit a ton of shit in those cars. Now, are they, are they the most usable for a family? No, of course not. And I'm not saying that you can't go out and buy a truck or an SUV or you can't spend your money on stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to, you know, denigrate you or hate you because of it. But I will think differently of you, honestly. And, and everybody I know knows this. Hell, my neighbors, my next door neighbors who I love and adore, they are our genuinely some of our closest friends. They have two SUVs. Well, one SUV, one crossover. But, and they have, they just had their first baby. And they have two small dogs. Do I think that they shouldn't have those guys? Look, if they can have whatever the hell they want, it's their money. But 
if they came to me and said, hey, we want to buy new cars, it, I would not recommend most crossovers and SUVs for their family. And that's just how it is because I drive a lot of cars, but also I'm a big car guy. And I don't see the need for some of these boring, just extroverted vehicles that they have more personality than the people that drive them. (laughs) Or the people think that these cars give them a personality. There are some boring ass people that I know that drive interesting cars for the sake of being interesting. And they're not interesting. So, yeah. Think about that for a second. Your next purchase. If you're an uninteresting human being and you're looking at your car as putting you into a category of being interesting, I, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. I know I'm a dick for saying that. There are plenty of people that are going to say that I'm an asshole for saying that. That's fine. You have every right to say it. And I'm sure I will get another uh, Apple podcast comment saying that I don't understand people and that I'm, you know, mean or rude. In fact, that guy still hasn't emailed me or that person, I should say, because I, I assume it's a guy. I, I, I don't know, but I don't know why it would be a guy because I don't know. I have no idea. In fact, I, I want to read the comment to you one more time. Again, if this is you or if you feel this way, please email me, josh at rawautos.com. Let me know, because I'm very curious. Uh, This person, Fueled by Metal, left this comment April 28th, 2020. Uh, He gave me a five-star review, or sorry, they gave me a five-star review, and I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, But this person says, there's been a great variety of guests, but the host often displays ignorance and narrow-mindedness towards those car cultures other than his own. His stereotyping is especially egregious, as it is expressed by looking down at others and laughing at rather than with. His guests usually show the maturity to be more respectful, so hopefully they will rub off on him. Don't know who, who that is, but I hope I find out soon. Only because I'm, I genuinely am curious what that person heard that made them think that way. But now, after finally talking for 20-some minutes, whatever... I'm going to give you a review, a car review of the 2020 Ford Ranger Lariat FX4. Are you ready? It's a good truck. That's it. There you go. I'm just kidding. I have a full, I have a full review and I'm going to read it to you now because I can't possibly remember this many words. So I have a script. I have a script. I've typed up a whole thing just for you to listen to. That's how great I am at this. And that's how much I know you love it. So the review is, of course, on rawdas.com. So you can review, read a, sorry, a full review uh, with pictures, you know, obviously. And the video review will be coming uh, to Rawdas soon as well in the coming days. Um, so, yeah, I have to edit the video. So you'll see that soon. But anyway, on to me talking to you about the Ford Ranger. The 2020 Ford Ranger Lariat FX4 is a curious thing. Not really a truck, definitely not a car. But somewhere in between is where you'll find it. And at $45,915, a fully kitted Ranger isn't cheap. However, 
When is a truck really priced fairly? In this market, everyone wants a truck, but no one really wants a truck. It's about keeping up with the Joneses. And on my street alone, there are about 15 pickup trucks, mainly full-size models. A few people walk by my house looking at my driveway and would ask, Hey, when'd you get a truck? That's because everyone is so used to seeing my lightning blue with white racing stripe GT350. That seems like par for the course when you get a truck, though. So you finally joined the club, huh? Everyone assumes it's because I'm starting a family. No. <laughs> now, I don't believe most of the people that are buying the Ford Ranger will be ticking enough boxes to reach just a notch shy of $46,000. What I do think, though, is that the downsides are more apparent at this price range. Because if things aren't great at this price, it'll only get worse the less you spend. For instance, the Ranger Lariat FX4 does not have cooled seats, only heated. There is no sunroof option. The front does not have front passenger reading lights. The rear window does not open. And that's the, the rear center window in the back glass. The only one-touch window control is for the driver window. And the mirrors will not fold in when you press the button unless accessory mode or the engine is turned on. And if you decide to turn the truck off while the mirrors are folding in, they will stop wherever they were when you turn the motor off. Now, speaking of that motor, it is an EcoBoost four-cylinder making 270 horsepower and 310 pound-feet of torque. And now you can pay a Ford dealer $825 for an engine calibration. That will get you an extra 45 horsepower at 4,500 RPM and 60 horsepower at 25 sorry, 60 pound-feet of torque at 2,500 RPM. So that's a total of 315 horsepower and 370 pound-feet of torque. Car and driver have taken a 2019 Ranger like the one I tested to 60 in six seconds. Adding this kind of extra power and torque will bring it down closer to five and a half seconds, or so car and driver estimates. That's plenty quick for a vehicle of this size. This was just announced in April of 2020, and Ford also offered the ability to get a suspension leveling kit through the dealer. It's only for four-wheel drive models, and it's installed by a dealer for $1,495, plus installation costs. The kit is a Ford performance part with a warranty if installed by the dealer, and it gives you a two-inch lift in the front, giving you better ground clearance. The internal valving of the shocks was co-developed with Fox, who makes parts for the Raptor F-150 and Ranger. Sadly, we don't get the, the Raptor Ranger over here. Ranger Raptor, whatever. <laughs> when first starting the Ranger, you will think it's actually a diesel or even a larger V8 because of the engine trying to warm itself up. I think. It goes away after about 20 seconds, which is how long you should be washing your hands. And I doubt most people would even really take notice or care. Driving the Ranger, the EcoBoost feels more like a punchy V6 around town which makes sense since the EcoBoost V6 in the F-150 feels like a V8. That's the charm of smaller turbo motors, and I feel Ford have really perfected the usability of these engines, along with BMW. The 10-speed automatic is, is a fine fit in this truck too. Shifts are quick, and when you decide to press on the throttle, there is a little turbo lag, and the gearbox pops down a few gears to give you what's needed to make passes on the highway. Around town, it's torquey and very nimble in parking lots, even for something weighing 4,441 pounds. The Ranger allows for a simple drive without worrying whether or not you'll have the power or torque when you need to pass someone on the highway. Visibility is very good, 
even for someone like me who prefers to sit as low as possible. Now, sliding in and out of the Ranger is easy and will definitely feel good for someone who doesn't like to jump up into a truck, but still wants a vehicle of this size. Brakes, sadly, aren't where this truck feels the most solid. The pedal is soft, giving the feeling of slow reactions and responses. While the engine and gearbox work really well together, the brakes don't hold the same standard. And speaking of fuel economy, it isn't terrible in the Ranger. The four-door Lariat FX4 gets 20 miles per gallon city and 24 miles per gallon highway, respectively. I averaged about 22 in my week of driving it, with a healthy mixture of around town and highway driving. And I wasn't exactly really driving it in a relaxed way either, so with that, I was pleased. But potentially to Ford's dismay, my father has a 2018 F-150 Platinum that I have in my driveway, and I've had it in my driveway for about eight months. And the reason being is my parents moved to a new house. They were asking me to move stuff from their old house for them to help them out. And then it was wintertime. So my dad said, hey, just keep the truck for a while because you don't need to be driving your Shelby in the cold, blah, blah, blah. Here we are in May. I'll give it back at some point. <laughs> so while I was testing the Ranger, I could go back and forth between it and the $62,000 F-150. Now, obviously, there are many more options in the full-size Ford, like cooled seats, a sunroof, electronic center rear glass, front seat massagers, and many, many more. Interestingly, as of right now, you can get my dad's truck used for about $40,000. However, if you don't need a truck that size, the Ranger will suit you just fine. Interior fit and finish is pretty damn good for the price, too. It's attractive, has an emergency brake handle, which is something that's very rare in cars these days, and it has four USB ports, two front, two rear, and two 12-volt jacks for the front, plus a three-prong plug in the back. If you run out of charge on your phone, it's your fault for not bringing a cable. Now, everything is where you want and need it to be, so it's easy to push buttons for the air conditioning, traction, and off-road management, heated seats, you name it. And Ford have also put a lot of the buttons on the steering wheel, so you won't have to fish around for them anywhere else. Although I can definitely see the writing wearing off on them after about 50 to 60,000 miles. With a total of 97.6 cubic feet of passenger volume, the four-door Ranger actually starts to make its case for being an entry-level luxury car. Think BMW M340i. At around $46,000, the Ranger Lariat FX4 is some $10,000 less, albeit with a little less luxury. However, an all-wheel drive M340i has a base price of $56,995. That price will not get you much that competes against a fully kitted Ranger. But interior space is damn near identical. Now I know what you're saying. Bro, I ain't cross-shopping a baby Ford truck against a luxury sports sedan from Germany. I keep it 100. Yeah, well, 10 years ago you weren't buying a Kia or a Hyundai that could easily out-luxury Germany. Hell, you weren't buying an SUV that was hanging with a 911 or a Corvette. And a decade ago, people weren't buying a pickup truck in place of a Suburban. Even though the Ranger has good interior volume and is comfortable, it's when you put the seats up that you realize you may have made a mistake. Instead of a load flat floor, my Ranger was fitted with the optional under seat cargo trays. It was actually quite useful if you have stuff you'd like to hide, such as an iPad, a purse, or an extra set of clothes. But when you don't need them, you can't take them out. And that really hurts the Ranger's usability, especially if you have a dog that likes to lay on the floor of a car instead of the seat. It's also a major bummer if you need to slide bins into the backseat area, like I did. What makes it worse is that the doors don't seem to open terribly wide either. Now these are things that many can live with, but deal breakers for a select few. 
Other than that, you will not mistake the interior for a BMW 3 Series. But Ford's SYNC 3 is far superior to BMW's current iteration of iDrive. Why? Because it's easy peasy to use. Whereas BMW's iDrive, unlike in the mid-2000s, is obtuse and has way too many features that no one wants or needs to use. You have to dig through menu after menu just to find out it has, well, literally everything. But you have to dig through menu after menu after menu after menu. Anyway, on a recent episode of this podcast, I spoke with Brian Max, episode 10, Canadian journalist, racing driver, and instructor. And we both tested the 2020 Ranger with the same specs, and he said that he felt bad for it. Because the problem with smaller trucks is that they still have the same production cost as full-size trucks, which is why costs stay higher than you'd want or expect them. And I never really thought about it that way when I was rather shocked at the MSRP of the Ranger I tested. Even though the price is high, that doesn't seem to bother customers, as the new Ranger sold 89,571 units in its first year back in 2019. Now what will happen with, uh, in 2020 as a whole, we don't know. But Ranger sales in the months of January and February have more than doubled that of sales in the same months of last year. March, however, saw a slack in sales at just 1,997 more units than last March. So far, so far between January and March of 2020, Ford have moved 20,980 Rangers. With that, the Chevy Colorado sales in 2019 were 122,304 vehicles, and its sister, the GMC Canyon, sold 32,825. So far in 2020, Chevy Colorado sales are 21,429. That's significantly down on last year's 33,494 trucks moved in the same time period. Now, the Ranger is a good truck, and for me, it appeals to the customer who doesn't like the looks or driving style of the Colorado and doesn't want a true quote-unquote truck of sorts. Instead, they want a usable, more car-like feel and level of comfort. Plus, let's be honest, how many people need a truck the size of an F-150? I would venture to guess that more than 90% of truck buyers would do just fine with a Ranger, Colorado, Canyon, or Tacoma. Ford can and will dominate the truck market even more than they already do because the Ranger is a solid vehicle, albeit with a few things that need to be tweaked to make it an even better truck with car-like drivability. Do you want a Ranger? Well, it depends. Would I buy it? I would buy a Ranger, so long as the deal were right and I needed something to tow a boat, throw random stuff in the bed, or just a comfortable mini truck that keeps up with the neighbors and their expectations of me. But let's be honest. I don't really give a shit about that. Now, before I leave you, Ford have just announced a recall for the 2020 Rangers 10-speed automatic, the one I was just talking about earlier as being quite good. Uh, it didn't seem to have any issues, but it is something to make sure has been addressed when purchasing one new or used. Now, I hope you've liked that review. Uh, this is a little bit different style than I did my, my, uh, 2020 Highlander or Highlander geez, the 2020 Land Cruiser. Uh, uh, so that one was actually the audio taken directly from my video review, which of course had music in the background of it, but I wanted to try this style, see what you guys thought. And, uh, so email me josh at rawautos.com, which one you prefer something with a little music around it or something kind of bare like this, just simply me talking to you or at you or with you or whatever. But with that, I think I'm going to leave you because well, you have better things to do today, don't you? Then listen to me. And I understand. I don't blame you. I honestly want to get to bed. <laughs> so with that, just remember, 
every Monday morning when you wake up, put some of that freeze-dried Folgers in your good old coffee cup, and of course, listen to the Raw Artist Podcast, and as always, happy motoring.